What is up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered, and I am your host, Joshua T. Berglund. Yes, we are back for another live show. So happy to be here. I want to give a shout out to everyone in on Smashcast and Periscope and YouTube and Mob Crush and Twitch and DLive and Africa TV and Streamcraft. You now, Picardo and the Breakers TV and Chew. Thank you guys so much for joining the show tonight. Also want to give a shout out to the podcast and radio audience. And of course, all of you amazing, wonderful Facebook people. So it's good to see you guys. Welcome back. We have an amazing guest tonight who I just met through Facebook. And it's amazing how sometimes just speaking out and talking about what's on your heart or just being authentic or sharing truth, you know, you just attract certain people into your life that are just mind blowing. And it's a lot of fun to have good people in your life because you get to trust people and you get to, you know, I don't know, be happy, you have less to worry about. You have someone that holds you accountable. You have somebody that is, you know, somebody that is a, a, a perfect mirror for you and, and helping you see how you can even be better than you are today. I love people like that. And that probably is one of the things that is not talked about enough. And when we're on this journey to be something greater than we are now, like we believe that there's a higher version of ourselves and we want to be there. We get to be there and we're laying out the plan and we're putting in the work and we're doing the things that are necessary to get there. But the thing that we don't to talk about is the people that come into our life on that journey. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. And because when you start attracting, you you eliminate people from your life that don't need to be there to make room for others. And those people are going to hold you high. Those people are going to push you to be great, push you to make you this tremendous gift that God created you to be. And that, to me, is awesome. And that's our next guest. Um, really quick, I'm going to read you guys a little bit about her, just in case, especially for the radio audience. Uh, Emily Olson is a mother, wife, writer, and speaker living in WSANEC territory on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. I don't know what that is. She's going to have to tell me. Should have paid attention in history class. Or, ge or is that geography? Geography, yes. Born in rural Atero, New Zealand. Uh, she's going to have to correct me again. Third of six children. Emily moved with her family to Canada in 1990 and lived most of her teen years in the Hellescott Territory in Bella Bella, British Columbia. I Listen, before I offend Canada anymore, I'm just going to stop reading this. She's an amazing woman. <laughs> before I butcher any more Canadian names today, uh, let's bring our guest on. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, the amazing human, Emily Olson. Hi. Hi, Joshua. Nice to talk to you. I'm so sorry. I ruined <laughs> every At least it wasn't your last name. Because typically, no. typically, hello, beautiful soul. Jessica, it's good to see you. What's up, Jennifer? Good to see you. Uh, whoa, you're in the ICU? Okay, we are praying for you. Sorry. Emily, welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered. Please accept my apology for butching every place that you've ever lived <laughs> thank you so much for having me it's an absolute honor and you know what you you tried and it's amazing so i live in the wasainich territory okay. which is uh on southern vancouver island 
and um, I grew up in Aotearoa, which is the Maori name for New Zealand, and I spent my teens in Heltsik territory, or Haystoke, which is in Bella Bella. So good on you for trying. It's wonderful. And um, yeah, it's just an honor to be here and, and just a privilege to, to get to talk about some good stuff tonight. What do you want to talk about? Like what's on your heart right now? Like what is something that you don't really get the opportunity to really speak out about, or maybe you just, you know, maybe feel like you're holding back something a little bit. Like what's something that's just burning on your heart that you want to unleash? Because this is a great place to do it. Wow, yes, and you're notorious for asking the tough questions. Um, okay. So, that was easy. Yeah, what's, what's on my heart? Well, um, I made a promise to myself this last year that I was going to uplift as many people that I could uh, who are being courageous. And suddenly I just started noticing courageous people. And many of them are in my home community. Some of them I know around the world. You showed up in a random news feed on Facebook one night and I was just blown away by your story and your courage to share really, really personal uh, parts of your life, parts of your history, parts of where you've been, what you've learned. And as part of my promise, I reached out to you. And I, you know, as, as you know, we had some conversations um, about all kinds of things. The one that pulled me in was the mental health one, because I've done some work around that myself in this past year. The other one um, was just really just your honesty to talk about, um, you know, your past, wanting to apologize for things that you'd maybe done wrong. Um, but it was just your courage and that you were unapologetic. Pardon me? I said, not maybe. Um, they, I did. I did some wrong things. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. And I think what I, I love most about your message is, you know, you've, you've got many, you've got many messages. There's a ton of things you're passionate about. Um, and, you know, you, you in, you're very inclusive and you will talk about things like religion, your belief in, in your case, uh, you know, Jesus and God and what you're here for and all of these things, but you also say that everybody's, a, you know, that it's available to everybody, that all of these things do not exclude anybody from any sexual orientation, from any background, and you're very considerate of everybody from different walks of life. And I think that there's so many situations where people can feel left out of opportunities or that they don't have a voice. And I, you know, I heard one of your shows earlier this week, or maybe it was today, you know, saying you're a man of white privilege and, and you know, you've got it good. Uh, but I do complicate you know, it with yeah. the labels that I have for myself, though, too. I mean, <laughs> but I did have every privilege afforded to me, but I did. I took them all for granted. Right. Yeah. So I had to make things harder on myself. Right. So. I guess what's on my heart is that 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 is one promise I've made to myself. And there's some incredible people that I know in my life here in Canada. Um, but as soon as I decided to take a leap 
from a place of pain. For me, it was mental health. And I, and I created that project that I talked to you about, the Connection Project. That was the start of an incredible journey for me that has had amazing people show up in my life and huge change for me. Um, and, and it started with human connection. It started with love. It started from a place of going, I'm in a ton of pain. This sucks. My life is brutal. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. But I have everything around me that would appear that I had it together. And it was, it was kind of like I had to get real and I had to do it in kind of a public way and, and find other people who might be experiencing the same thing and start speaking truth to what's really going on as opposed to the illusion of, oh, I'm busy or, you know, this is my career or I'm burnt out from, you know, being a mom or, or this or that. Now I get to be in a place of joy and enjoy every minute with my children consider a career that's not based on financial gain uh, that actually I want to help the world and help the planet and help people connect to their passion and and that's been my goal that's what I've been working on for the past you know couple of years I um one of the things that is really kind of burns a hole through me with mental health and I've really started to understand this I'm not taught I haven't been talking about mental health issues as much because I feel like I broke through a lot of them. And I do the work. I mean, I don't take any medications. Um, I, you know, I use cannabis at night. Um, it's something that helps me. I sleep. It helps the inflammation that I deal with from two back surgeries and having HIV. But like, I've reframed what borderline personality disorder is for me. And, and I believe that there's a way out for people. And I, and I really believe in my heart that it's very, it's a spiritual mental health issue. Mm -hmm. um, and I can say that as somebody that, because I know the path that I took to, to heal from it. And now when I have those triggers, those things that would just take over me, those passenger takeovers, when I see them coming or feel them coming, I know how to address it now in a very healthy and strong and rooted way. And, and I know that that's possible. Mm. The other day I ranted about people calling themselves an addict. Like we'll go to meetings and they'll say over and over again, I'm an addict, I'm an addict, I'm an addict. And it just bothers me how much power we give it. And then on a minor level, I heard someone, I, I was working private security at a Hollywood Hills party and and I heard this guy just, he was just being goofy, right? Cause he's young and he's goofy and he was probably hammered. And, and I asked him a question and he gave me this ridiculous answer and he goes, excuse me, that's my ADHD. Mm. And I know it's a simple thing, but we give so much power with our words to saying what we are. Like I, another example, hold on, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. But another example, that same day, I worked private security at an art exhibition for nine hours before I went to that party. And it was basically a, a sex ex exhibition, but showcased in a way of every way that you could possibly identify yourself sexually was represented there. And I got to meet a lot of people that identified things in a way that it's like, it's great that you're, it's a, it's a way of finding yourself or trying to get to know yourself and discovering it through labels. 
But at the same time, it really closes you off and isolates you at the same time. And I think that we do that with sometimes how we identify as whether it's sexually or we identify with mental health issues. One way or another, we are, we are separating ourselves, isolating ourselves, and also putting a lot of power in areas that maybe if it was shifted, could go to, I just get to be who I am, and that's love. Does any of that make sense? Yeah. So when I was doing the work around the mental health stuff, um, I didn't necessarily ever identify as someone with a mental illness. And that was it, period. It was that I was a complex human being who had challenges with my mental health. And that was overpowering the ability to actually live my life physically, spiritually, mentally. Um, and so what it was, was the blockage was there. And it was so strong because I had never actually faced what it was. And so um, I had a, one of those big moments in my life in 2014. Um, I had been taking Prozac for maybe 10 years. I'd tried going off it. I was really overweight. And um, I got home from work and my son was there and he was quite young. And he was seven. And he said to me, you know, we were about to go play. And he says, Oh, mom, aren't you going to go sleep now? And part of how I coped with, you know, this thing here was, I would sleep my life away. Granted, I worked five in the morning every day, but that wasn't it. I was generally unhappy. Um, and the fact that it came from my son was like a massive, you know, wake up call for me. And, um, Within a week, I, I went to this place um, called The Haven on Gabriola Island. And, and the, the week-long thing is like, it's called Come Alive. And you go and you delve into things and work on your personal stuff. Um, and I just decided to uh, metaphorically flush the pills down the toilet. Uh, I don't want to put that in the ocean. So I just <laughs> I just put it on the shelf and disposed of it later. But I decided then, that's it, no more, like, for me, though, for me, I had to learn that medication was not for me. You know, I wouldn't recommend uh, cold turkey, but for me, what I had to do, I had to do cold turkey for me. That was the right thing to do in that moment. And that started this whole journey. Um, and layers started peeling off. Um, you know, the Me Too movement, that came up. I realized, gosh, I've not ever resolved my me too stories i had about three of them they were they were pretty awful but one of them was in my adulthood and that was the one that had this huge grip on me because it was like i should have known better i should you know i remember you know I, I i let that person in my home da, da, da. like there was all these stories around it but what i didn't realize was how much it was affecting my life so in navigating my my mental health, I had to navigate my physical health because trauma stays in your body. So I went on that path as well. I went on that journey and I started doing um, eye movement desensitization reprocessing EMDR. And it's a fantastic trauma therapy. And I did that for exactly a year. And I can honestly say I've healed from it and I've healed from my mental health challenges. Um, 
by reconnecting to myself and other human beings. And how I got there was one of them was just blind faith, really just jumping in and leaping in and taking a chance and, and putting myself out there and being vulnerable and saying, hey, let's get together on a stage and talk about it, right? And what what happened that I wasn't anticipating was that I just fell in love with all these people that had their own stories. And we all kind of healed in the process of actually letting it out. The shame was gone, you know. Um, and one of the women who did a, a musical piece in the Connection Project that I did, she talks about that we wear medals. We can almost see each other walking by on the street. There's these medals we wear because we've been in that darkness, whether for years and years and years or for short periods of time. Um, and there's so much more to learn. And I think anywhere we can remove stigma on something, which I believe is exactly what you do with absolutely everything, um, that we're helping somebody somewhere. And so, you know, through this process of healing and this journey, everything from the trauma therapy to doing these events to incorporating uh, meditative practices into my life, it has completely transformed my relationship with my thoughts from reality because I'm now questioning every single thought I have. And, and the meditation has been an absolute door, window, everything has just opened up and it's made things possible. You know, the thing about breaking down stigmas and in, 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 in being like in putting energy into doing that, it also creates that's healing in itself because then all of a sudden you take judgment out of play and or that fear of judgment, that fear of rejection, that fear of doubt, that fear of shame, that fear of name it. But by breaking down the stigma, by putting the energy towards doing that. And, and that's part of why I think it's speaking. It's so powerful to speak, your, you know, speak out and speak truth and talk about what's going on with you um, is because it is helping you break down the stigma. But at the same time, you're being able to demolish a lot of that fear that you you put on yourself. Mm. And that's freeing. And, and all of a sudden, the other thing about breaking down the stigma is, you know, I, I got to tell you, to be able to say you have HIV. I battled with my sexuality for most of my life. I've been in jail six times. I've, I, you know, I've, I've tried to kill myself with drugs. I, I was a horrible, horrible father, uh, like an absent father. Um, I was not man enough um, to be able to find a way, discover a way to be a productive member of my twin's life. And, uh, and, and, and so I gave them up for adoption. And that was the right decision to make, but that's where I was at. Like I talk about these things. I talk about the the you know the mental health side of what's gone on. It used to be really hard to do. It used to be something that took the life out of me. But that's part of why you talk about it, because eventually you get to this place where you own that. I know that I'm going to have the woman of my dreams. I know for a fact that I'm going to have a family that I've always dreamed of and the family that I do have will reconnect and I get to be part of that. Like I know I get to be a good father. I know I get to have the woman of my dreams. I know I get to, to live out the purpose that God has for my life with infinite possibilities. Mm. Like I know I get to do that now, but that's, 
also knowing that came through understand understanding and, and 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 just owning who i was and accepting it and then finding a way to use it to try my best to bless other people's lives mm. and if by breaking down those stigmas like if i can do it if i could do it anyone can do it because there's nothing about me that is any more special than anyone that's watching or listening right now that's right yeah we're we're all capable and it was interesting in that in that journey of of doing that um that event i got to experience myself being able to do something like that so then it wasn't just a uh a, a belief or a thought, oh, I, I could possibly get on stage and public speak. Now I knew that I could because I'd done it. So it was in my body and in my experience. Yeah. And then the next thing showed up. And so, you know, um, I mentioned to you that I started a workshop series. I called it magic because, and I know you use the word magic a lot. I love magic. I believe that I healed myself in that process. And, you know, if I can, I believe others can for sure. It's a lot of work, but it's a blip in your life, like taking that time to love yourself and care for yourself. It's huge. I believe that to be able to contribute in this life wholeheartedly and to care for other people, as selfish as it might seem in the beginning, it's not. You have to love yourself first and foremost. And I totally thought I loved myself. Uh, because I was so internal and I'm like, if I love myself more, that is even more selfish. Like if I was to direct all this energy and actually look at myself, oh, the audacity, the time away from your family, who are you, blah, blah, blah. Like I had all these things running through my head, but when I actually did the work, I was like, oh, wow, that was just a few years. I'm 40. Why did I wait that long? And so I've promised myself this year as well and forever to love myself. And when you can look at another person and say, I love Emily Olson, I love myself, it makes you so much more available to others. And, you know, I've got two children I'm responsible to for the rest of eternity and a beautiful husband. And I'm just thanking God that he stuck around all this time because I was pretty... I wasn't a lot of fun to be around. I was miserable. I was overweight, miserable, self-consumed in my thoughts, in my brain, not really doing a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. I wasn't living. I really wasn't. I was, and when I, it feels like you kind of lift out of yourself. When I was able to look at myself honestly and truthfully and go, Emily, you got some work to do. You got to get, you got to get right with yourself. Uh, changed everything and then all these amazing people started showing up you know um just incredible incredible friendships and you know like and i got to re-meet my own husband we got to fall in love again and we are doing so every day and i get to meet my children who are major mentors in my life and I love hanging out with them and I'm just so blessed. They teach me every day and um, who would have who thunk it, right? So, and now I have the energy to, to write. I love writing poetry. I met this beautiful community of poets. Um, 
I ended up being with this mentor group for six months um, under Kyle Cease. I'm not sure if you are aware of Kyle Cease, but uh, I did a six months with him and the 50 people that were in that group, we became incredible friends. And actually talking about love, one of the gentlemen in that group, his name's John Pogachar, he lives in Spokane, Washington, uh, was out in the forest one day camping and was, you know, I'd been doing some meditation and, and was talking to the trees and, and he said, you know what, I'm going to put up a billboard and it's just going to say the word love. And it's not going to have any advertising. It's not for any purpose. It's just for people to see it. There's no gain in it. There's nothing. And he started a movement. So he put a billboard up. I think there's something like 67 or 68 billboards now across North America. There's some, uh, there were some in Russia for a month. And what it is, is people get inspired by it. You have no idea someone driving down the road, what they might be going through, you know, in traffic, grumpy, angry, not wanting to go home or getting out of a long day at work, or you just, you have no idea what impact that word has when you, when you feel the embodiment of what love can mean and the capacity of it to change absolutely everything that's going wrong in the world. And so if somebody gets excited to uh, put up their own lo love billboard in their town, they'll create a GoFundMe account and they will get super jazzed about like, raising that money and then they get excited and they're in this energy of love and then and then that inspires other people and it just trickles out and trickles out and before you know it people are putting up love billboards and it's just even though it's it's part of love on every billboard.com if you want to type that in the site or whatever um why doesn't everyone just put their coat cover profile the best billboard we have is on facebook the uh not the profile pic but the background picture just put love yeah why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Because that is, in the end, what it all comes down to, right? Yeah. It's about loving yourself and loving others. And what do you do when you love? You're patient. You're kind. You're, you're not judgmental. You know, you're loving. Duh. Love is such a, such a, it's, it's, it's funny. I'm 39 and it's just now dawning on me <laughs> how powerful love is and how much depth there gets to be to it. it. It's not surface. It's it's not a surface level thing. It's a, it's just this, there's so many layers to it. And there's layers that, that you get to learn, mm. you know, like you, I've, I used to, I was talking to my, I was actually talking to Jessica last night. We were talking about love and it's like, you know, I've, yeah, I've tried to love a lot of people. I mean, I love them as much as I possibly could, but the problem was I just didn't love myself. But man, I am looking forward to that day of just one, loving myself and then being able to say, I love you to another person and mean it with all of those layers of depth that are available with love. Mm -hmm. So I love that billboard idea. And I love the the idea that I, you know, I'm not, I look like, like I took, I, mean, I guess I am taking credit for it. But like, yeah, have your background picture be love. Just like say love on it. And let it mean, and here's the thing about that word, it gets to mean whatever it means to the person that's reading it. That's right. Maybe it is that super deep love, or maybe it's a superficial love, whatever, but it means something good. Love never means anything bad. 
don't know. Really cool. I, I really cool idea. So thank you for sharing that, Emily. You're welcome. Yeah, and it's um, for me, love has become uh, you know a very active thing for me, and you know, in my promise to myself to love myself, in my promise to uplift others, uh, there's an actual responsibility to go out into the world and, and take whatever you interpret love to be and, and put that into your day-to-day, -day, into your thoughts, into your actions, into your words. And I'm trying to do that. And it's a little bit nerve wracking at first, you know, when you're somebody like myself who was very introverted and, and didn't like, would kind of hide behind things. Now it's like standing up in a room, even like, you know, changing my posture and telling myself, you're just as worthy of being in this room, in this conversation as all the other people that are in this room and in this conversation. So fully showing up, fully showing up for myself. And, um, allowing others to see the possibility in that. And, uh, you know, oh gosh, there've been so many incredible people show up in my life and I've been learning so much, so much is possible. There's so many more things I feel can be done in the, in the time that we have here. And there's, there's a lot of people and things and places that need our help so badly. So if we're in a position of having the privilege of what I've just spoken about, healing from you know tons of trauma and mental health issues and struggles for many years if i'm in a place of healing now i have a responsibility because i have the capacity you know i actually feel like doing that trauma work and doing that work around my identity with who who i was in the world has increased my capacity to even empower my intellect so i'm just like grabbing stuff from every place that I can, you know, um, there's a couple of people who uh, I've started following, um, Dr. Sue Mortar, she just released a book called The Energy Codes, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and they're doing incredible work um, with mind, body, energy, all of these things. So they're really challenging me to look at how things actually work and what, relationship they have with your body, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, and how that can all be shifted in a moment. Like, you don't have to be working on yourself for 20 years to become an aware human being. It can be in a moment. And I've had yeah. just huge revelations in listening to some of the things you say. I've had huge revelations in things that my daughter will say to me there is amazing, incredible truth and knowledge everywhere if we're just open to considering it and having a place of love. And I've been telling a lot of people in my life recently, the, the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater uh, thing. It actually is a very smart concept because we often will find fault or criticize. Oh, yeah, I kind of like what that person was saying. But oh, then they said that thing that I don't agree with. And you go to heck with them. Well, what about all that other incredible stuff that they brought? They're a human being, are they not? Is there not something to learn from everybody? I mean, yeah, of course, if people are being not very nice people and are being abusive and, and hateful, you, you maybe want to distance yourself. But surround yourself with what you love. Take 
take and use and, and, and share the good stuff that's out there. Even if you're not on the same belief system, there's always a place to meet in love. And, you know, my husband is in politics and he's in a very interesting um, situation. Uh, there's, I won't get into the, the logistics of it, but he has an, an incredible ability to bring people together because um, there's always a way to find a connection. And that's why I think he's perfectly suited for doing that work and speaking truth to what's actually really going on with certain situations and how we're relating to one another. Everything your, from- Your husband, the politician, is doing this? Oh God, yes. Yeah, he's, he's I really admire him. He's speaking truths to things that um, really just blow me away and he's courageous. And uh, there's, there's many people out there that are really, even in those positions that we perceive as like, oh, it's so partisan. Well, maybe not, maybe check it out. There's people that go into that kind of work that takes a lot and, and I think we need to honor them a lot more and just see the work that they're doing that will speak for them as opposed to, oh, they're with this party, you know, or that party. Um, there's, there's good people all around and we're in big trouble. Uh, we're in big trouble and there's a lot of things that need to be, to be looked at. We've got ecosystems that are in, in catastrophic situations right now, you know, the e extinction and, uh, it's, it breaks my heart and you know, so, okay, here's, here's one thing that I've learned this past year. So there's all these things and we could get really overwhelmed. I was going down that tangent just a few seconds ago. We can get really overwhelmed with what's going wrong. So what if we figure out ways that we can take action with the gifts that we have and do those things because the trickle effect of let's say me writing a poem tonight just might have an effect on the soil down the road that is growing the food that people will buy. What if me loving a perfect stranger in a moment, an act of kindness, what if that affects the ability for somebody in their family later to have the courage to go and get that job that their particular education and, and brilliance and passion might need at that particular time. What if that's actually how closely we are connected to one another and to our environment and to you know animals and, 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 and birds and, and fish? Like, I'm, I'm really curious. So while I'm not a scientist, I can share with other people, maybe scientists I know that are doing really amazing work. Maybe there's people working in language revitalization that should be uplifted and maybe they can be brought in to, uh, to do events at, in big conferences. Maybe there's some way you could help with event planning. Maybe you could organize a coffee meeting between person A and person B who really need to meet each other that you just happen to know both of them. Like, what if those are the things that we're actually easily able to do, right? And so I'm, I'm really, 
intrigued by the idea that that could be how we change the world, how we, how we show up as who we are. Because I love to write a poem. I love to bring people together. Uh, but there's other skills I definitely don't have. And I would not worry or spend my time trying to be somebody other than who I am. The more I'm me, the more the world benefits. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making much sense there, but you're, you're making perfect sense and you're offering solutions that I think are, are powerful because it just require, it, it requires a minor shift in thinking. And, you know, I really think that we overcomplicate things. I mean, we have 10, I, I think I'd go on this rant a lot and I'll not do it now, but you know, we have 10 steps to everything, you know, I think one step at a time is probably the best way to approach it because you're not, you can really, really focus on, let me give you an example. How many times have you thought that you've healed from something? How many times have you thought to yourself, you know, I've forgiven this person, I'm not angry anymore, and then they do the same thing again to you or, or something else happens and then it's like, Rah! and you just freak out. The point of what I'm bringing up is, you know, if we just kind of, I think if we get really quiet and present with ourselves and we, you know, I think we'll, we'll hear what we get to work on. We do it one thing at a time. And I think eventually you get to this place of your capacity to love grows. And, and one of the things that you do notice is that, wow, when you do focus out and you do help somebody and you do show somebody love, you you smile at an elevator, whatever it is that you do, more and more that starts to build up this feeling of joy. And when you feel joyful, you feel like loving. And I think so much, so many of us get intimidated by doing the work or wanting to really focus out because we're so worried about all of our problems, we make it harder by thinking it's so complicated. And I don't think it really is. And the way that you put that to me was beautiful because it really kind of simplified the process. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I was actually having a conversation with my mom a couple of weeks ago and she had said, I noticed whenever I do something that I know I'm supposed to do or it's like, okay, that's where I need to go next it comes with such ease and everything just aligns and we're so so we're so used to fighting uh the rejection of oh that piece of writing didn't get published or i didn't get that uh you know the part in the play or whatever right you you had the voiceover thing but uh instead of I think we have a tendency to go to the negative instead of going, oh, it's just a course correction. Feel the pain, sure, the disappointment. Absolutely, we all have expectations, but going, okay, that wasn't for me. You know, a couple of years ago, I declared, okay, I'm gonna do a marathon. And then I fell down a set of stairs and wrecked my ankle and my hip. And I was, you know, I was really bummed out for a little bit, but, uh, some other things happened that would not have happened because I would have been training and I wouldn't have stumbled across that YouTube video that helped me do the thing. And then it, just these things lined up. 
And so, I mean, really, I could look at the marathon falling down the stairs thing, or I could look at the next thing or the next thing, but it's just gently, you know, guiding and <laughs> taking you to where you need to go. And then these beautiful people show up. Like, I mean, I already have an amazing community, but I was one step removed. I was imagining I was in it, but I was never part of it. Even the community of my family, even my siblings. I had all this junk, all this past, all this childhood, just so blah. And I, I was able to start saying things like, I love you, or I'm going to try this thing and not be like nervous or like, oh, I'm breaking out of the mold of like the middle child that's trying to fix everybody. Yeah. And I, even that, I realized that I was putting limitations on other people by me having these expectations of them based on old stories. You know, and I'm just watching courage all around me. My parents right now are in the most crazy situations of their lives, but they're they're living their lives. They're just being in the truth of it. And, you know, I'm one of six kids and we are all extremely different people, but we have just this deep respect for one another and um, we're there for one another in a heartbeat. But I just feel like I was always sort of holding back on my love for them. It was, it was very much, you know, poor me or whatever. And so life has opened up and there's a lot of things that I kind of have in the works in my heart that I'm, I can see uh, that I've already done them even though I haven't yet because the limitations are leaving the more I just keep doing the next most simple thing that I feel called to do. And you get those little hints, you get those little messages. And now I'm just going with it as opposed to being like, oh, that was a weird thought or why would I grab onto that? Um, yeah, and I think you've talked about that a bit. It's just knowing, okay, I'm being asked to do this or whatever. And, you know, I even, there's hesitation in, in taking big courageous steps because that's kind of how we're programmed in a way in society. And I want to break free of that. I want to start supporting people who are, who are just trying it. And those can be little things, you know, mm -hmm. little things like a musician who put their guitar down for a while, picking it back up again, playing in coffee shops, somebody who's, you know, really passionate about their art, but they haven't even ever made it public. And now they're, maybe taking a picture and posting it on their Facebook page. That's huge for some people, huge for some people. And you don't know what impact that's going to have. So um, yeah, I'm just super excited. And I'm kind of in this thing where I've got no filter. <laughs> I'm just going for it. And yeah, I just, uh, on the subject of gratitude, learning about gratitude and beginning a practice of it recently, that shifts absolutely everything. When you have a practice of gratitude, and even when you're in the worst funk, the darkest pit of despair, and you're just in that hole of depression or whatever, uh, if you can find a little bit of gratitude, even I'm grateful for the chair that I'm sitting on, it can actually start to energetically pull you out of that, that misery and that self-pity. Not that you'd don't need to address the emotions and what that's bringing up for you. But gratitude has uh, an energy of its own. And um, 
when we're in a space of that, I think it's really fantastic. Um, I'm learning a lot about gratitude from people in my life right now and just sort of soaking it up everywhere I can. So it's really great. That's awesome. Yeah, I think um, the most freeing thing in the world is when I get to say I'm grateful for when I became grateful for the traumas of my life, I, I knew that was a pretty powerful place to be. Um, you know, hopefully I don't create any more traumas in my life, but you know, just being able, I mean, this shows gratitude unfiltered because I truly, truly, of course I was in the process when I changed the name, but I can honestly say that I'm grateful for all of it and mm -hmm. all of that horrific, self-inflicted in, in traumas, the traumas I didn't ask for, the, you know, uh, all of that, like being able to look at all of it and go, God is so good. And I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that all of this happened because I now get to use every bit of it in a way that is helping other people. And, you know, on a minor scale, I think. And, and also at the same time, I'm getting to do what I've always dreamed of doing. And it, it, it's, it, I cannot be more grateful for that. So I, I, I'm so thankful that you shared your story and you know there are pieces of it. I'm grateful for the work that you're doing in the world. I'm grateful for your friendship. And uh, thank you so much for being on Gratitude Unfiltered. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor and uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's really great. And you're, you're bringing more stories out and more of you and I and I just am so thankful for you and best luck and and thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Um, I'll talk to you very soon. Perfect. You as well. Thank you, Emily. Bye bye. Uh, yeah, gratitude is a vital part of the healing and growing. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Melissa, for joining. Amen, Emily. Um, let's see. Janine says I love to help people, the elderly who want to stay home without hospital atmosphere through the last of their days. Yes, it's maybe difficult most times, but I feel it's making a difference in one's life. So it feels good to me like no other many jobs I've had. Please pray for my strength to continue. Love listening to you, Josh. Thank you. Continue to take good care of yourself. You're awesome. Thank you very much, Dean. That's very sweet of you. Um, oh, thank you, Melissa. That's very kind of you. Uh, yeah. I mean, so the interview with Jason earlier today, the theme of that was love, even though we talked about things that didn't sound like love, but in the end, it all went back to love. And I think in the, really in the end, everything does go back to that. The root of our problems is love or the lack thereof. The love of self in a, in a loving care for yourself way. And Somebody like if you're like, how do you know that you love yourself? And I think one of the best ways to know, like a, like a checklist that you can create for yourself, and I'm making this up, so I may miss a couple, but look at the foods that you're consuming. How much of it are you consuming? You know, is it are you making a habit out of eating bad? That's that to me is a, an indication that you don't love yourself. Because if you loved yourself, wouldn't you want to put good food in your body? I don't know. I mean, just a thought. You know, like the amount that we drink or the cigarettes we smoke or the, the drugs that we do. Or, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's hanging out with the wrong crowd. 
having toxic relationships, you know, giving up your body to strangers. In every, anything I say, I'm not coming from a place of judgment at all because I've been all of that and worse, all of it. And, but you know, the choices that we make are a great reflection of how we feel about ourselves and who we want to be and who we believe that we can be. And shifting away from those old behaviors and patterns of the past have, have been amazing for me. And um, but the thing is, it's not about me. Like it's all of you, it's of everything's available for you. Everything that's available for me in this world is available for you. Actually in this world and out of this world, all that is available, no one, you know, you're all special, you're all unique, you're all wonderfully made, but you know, in the end, you know, no one's really more special than the other. And that's why we get to humble ourselves and quit being angry about nonsense and quit choosing sides, quit being angry and holding resentments, hurting ourselves. And we just get to love. And But to get to a place where we can love others, she uh, Emily brought up a really good point, is we really have to make sure our own cup is full. Like this water bottle is empty. I'm thirsty. <laughs> I don't have a lot of water in here to hydrate me right now. How am I gonna, how much water to, do I have to give you now? You know, I didn't take the time to, 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 to dig my well or, oh boy, I was gonna go on a, <clears throat> this is one of those times I wish I could edit what I was about to say. I, I was gonna try to make analogy out of thin air and it bombed miserably. I didn't really try either, I got nervous. Okay, anyway, basically we need to take the time to heal ourselves, to rest, to soak. Some of you know what soaking is. And, but taking care of ourselves, getting sleep. Quit telling yourself that you don't have time to sleep. That's bull crap. You don't have time not to. You don't have time not to take the time to care, to care for yourself, to love yourself. You know, if you're tired and stressed out, there's no shame in closing your eyes for 10 minutes. Close your eyes for 10 minutes and just breathe. Sometimes that is better than a 10 hour nap. Take care of yourself, love yourself, make good choices for yourself because in the end, all that's gonna do is make your experience in this world so much better. It's going to help you reframe all of the struggles and, you know, those, the, the things that you look at of like life happening for you, the not getting the job, not getting the part. You know, you get to look at that and go, hey, it just wasn't for me. Or you get to learn from it instead of letting it destroy you. But love. I love what she said about the billboards, too. That was so cool. And some of you are just now joining, but... Um, she talked about this guy that um, I think it's Nick Cease or Kyle Cease, the billboard with this love on it. And I thought, how cool would that be to just put our, the background of our profile picture and just love? Because anyone that sees it knows what it means. No one's going to take love in a negative way. 
but it also gets to mean what it means to them because love means something different to us all. But at least it's a step in the right direction. I don't think we, any of us can go wrong with love. Before we respond to a mean text or a mean tweet or a crappy Instagram DM or whatever, before we respond with anger or rage or judgment, you know, we can think, I love you, before we act and see how that changes our behavior or action or what we say, fighting with our wife or, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, fighting with your kids. And they say something that's really, really mean and you want to respond back with, you little. Think to yourself, I love you before you speak. Because even though you were hurt with words, to go back and hurt somebody else with words or with actions or with violence of any kind, you know, just it doesn't help the situation. But if we can get in the habit of responding with love, I think we can create a new kind of ripple effect that just may make a positive difference in the world. And I think that that's a good thing. Because then all of a sudden we don't really care about being a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or a Green Party or common sense party, or we don't care about you being gay or bisexual. We don't care about you being, you know, uh, uh, um, Muslim or atheist or Buddhist or, or Christian or Catholic. We don't care. Because we're coming from love. Anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your shares. Thank you for everyone like tagging a friend that you thought would benefit from Emily's message. And um, thank you, radio audience. Thank you, podcast audience. Thank you, streaming network audience, um, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. God bless you guys. Good night.